Hello everyone for the exercise nerd. Uh, today I'm talking with Dr. Emily Huffsteller, an obstetrician from Charlottesville, Virginia, USA, about how women can continue training while pregnant and how to come back to form postpartum. Dr. Huffsteller has worked with an array of patients from marathon runners to those trying to combat excessive weight gain with pregnancy. Dr. Huffsteller also took her own advice, having been a division one swimmer in college and having gone to the Canadian Olympic trials for swimming in 1996. She appreciates what it's like being an athlete and wanting to keep one's form, but also wanting to start a family. Uh, and earlier in our part one of this talk, I also had the pleasure of talking to Gwen Jorgensen, Olympic gold medalist. So feel free to listen to part one to hear that uh, interview with Gwen. Just so our audience is aware, all the topics discussed are advice and uh, to provide general guidance and should never supersede the recommendations of your own healthcare provider. All patients are unique and there's never a one size fits all. You may have medical reasons for your provider setting restrictions on your activity that need to be discussed and addressed by your doctor before exercising. With that being said, good morning, Dr. Hofstetler. How are you? Good morning. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me today. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me on this important topic. There's a lot of women that have reached out to me and I've even given a couple interviews on exercise and pregnancy and postpartum because I think this is a topic that as women are becoming more physically active or trying to maintain their a level of competitiveness as a professional athlete while also trying to start a family, um, it's kind of a world that needs a little bit more insight and guidance. And I know that you're very comfortable talking to your patients about exercise and continuing exercise. And so I'm really appreciative uh, for your time and for your guidance. Um, so with that being said, Dr. Hofstetler, a study was done out of the Norwegian University of Science and Technology that found female athletes had a negative association with pregnancy and hard work. This may, this may discourage some athletes from training um, to, get, to get training while pregnant and because they fear they will fall behind in their sport. Obviously, it's possible to train while pregnant given that there are several famous Olympic athletes that compete while pregnant, such as Martina Falsifina, Carrie Walsh, Jennings, whom both medaled while pregnant. Everyone watched Serena Williams competing while pregnant. Assuming a healthy pregnancy with no activity restrictions, can an athlete keep training and keep the same intensity while pregnant? This is such a good question, Amy. Um, it, part of the, and, and the first part of your question too about people's association with pregnancy and exercise, um, there's just a lot of, of unknowns. And um, I think people are getting more interested in studying pregnancy and exercise, um, but recruiting patients to, pregnant patients to be in a study can be difficult and have some ethical concerns as well. So it's, I think we're making slow progress on this. We used to tell women that they shouldn't get their heart rate above 150 in pregnancy. Um, and as you know, from being pregnant, I mean, your heart rate is above 150 when you walk up the stairs when you're pregnant. So um, this didn't leave a lot of room for intense, intense exercise or training. And then there was a really nice study done. So the concern was that if you got your heart rate up too high, that there wasn't enough perfusion or blood flow to the placenta and that could affect the fetus. 
And they did a really nice study um, where they had pregnant women exercise um, intensely, get their heart rate up, um, and they actually did an ultrasound of the blood flow from the placenta um, through the th through the placenta. And it turns out that the, the placenta and the fetus were being perfused adequately. And so that sort of debunked this notion that you can't get your heart rate above 150 while you're pregnant. That being said, we still had a, a nurse in our office who up until a couple of years ago, and, and you know, I mean, she was a little old school and she was still telling pregnant women that. And so they'd come to their first prenatal visit and be worried about it and have to, to talk about that. So um, so this sort of myth is definitely still out there. Um, so the data shows that there's no reason why um, why an athlete can't keep training during pregnancy. In terms of, you mentioned the same intensity and that's a difficult question. You know, most women have a subjective increased shortness of breath during pregnancy. And a lot of women even notice this at six or seven weeks. Um, and then there is a documented um, increase in women's heart rates during pregnancy. So I think a lot of women, pregnant women may train with a similar, quotes, intensity, but notice that they have some limitations that they never had previously in terms of speed or the distance that they hadn't had pre-pregnancy. Um, but in terms of limiting um, your heart rate or your effort, um, it, it, we have some really good data that shows that, that women don't have to do while they're pregnant. It's interesting you say that because when I had my interview with Gwen Jorgensen, um, she mentioned that her she and her son when she was pregnant would really enjoy like baby and mommy would really enjoy getting her heart rate up but she didn't have to let go of her times so basically she'd get the same heart rate mm -hmm. response but she'd be running more slowly and she just kind of let it go and was like you know what i'm getting the same cardiovascular strain basically and that is going to make me stronger and fitter. And like, I'm just gonna put the, the time aside. And I think that's really important for people to realize. I mean, for myself, when I was pregnant, I had the opposite problem where I couldn't put out the same watts and my heart rate actually wasn't getting as high, but it's on a bike, mm. it's different than running. So I'm sure it's like exercise dependent because when you're mm -hmm. running, you're carrying more weight and you might not be as, uh, your gait might not be as efficient as normal. So you might, you know, like there's other reasons where you might be getting a little higher heart rate, but then also, as you said, you're perfusing the baby the same amount. So you're gonna be getting equal amount, like basically you demand a certain amount of a blood flow. And so if you can't do it with, with volume, then you're gonna do it with rate, with your heart, basically. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a similar, I had a, the opposite where my heart rate just wouldn't get up because my legs would get fatigued too quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was just trying to put out the power and I couldn't. Um, but that was probably a little later in, in pregnancy if I think back to it. So I'm sure it's like person, you know, like it's exercise dependent um, and there's some variability between each person. But I think that's a great concept for people to realize that your heart rate might be a little bit higher and that's normal. And don't, you know, basically like just work through it and do what your body's allowing that, allowing you to do. Um, with mm -hmm. that being said, are there any good indicators that women should pay attention to that they may be overdoing it while, while they're pregnant? Yeah, and I think that's a great quick question to piggyback on the previous question. I, I think the biggest issue um, or potential issue is the potential for injury while pregnant. Um, so, you know, 
and depending on the exercise, women, pregnant women are at risk for different injuries. So probably biking, um, you know, not as high of a risk, but but running or any weight bearing activity um, increase that risk. And and mainly this comes from the hormone relaxin. So all women start um, increasing the production of relaxin and relaxin does exactly what you would think it it does. It relaxes the ligaments throughout the body. And the reason your body produces this while you're pregnant is to open up the pelvis and make room to deliver a baby, which makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, the relaxin doesn't just affect the pelvic ligaments, but it affects also the knees and the shoulders and the hips. And so if you're running with um, knees that aren't quite as stable with those ligaments, um, you know, that puts you at, at risk of injury. Same with swimming in terms of the shoulder joints. Um, but I think as long as women are aware of these things and saying, you know, as long as they're feeling good and not having pain while exercising, then they can continue to do so, um, but may need to, may need to modify. The other potential issue, and I, I hear this every single day from pregnant women, is pubic synthesis separation. And this comes from the same, this, the same hormone relaxant. It relaxes those ligaments that hold the pelvis excuse me, together, um, anteriorly, that's in front or near the bladder. Um, and so we always think of the pelvic bone as being one bone, but it's really held together in the front. And as those ligaments relax, that that pubic synthesis separates a little bit and causes a lot of pain. And it, and it really causes pain when there's um, um, weight just on one foot. So running is really hard or can be really painful um, as you're, you know, it's a one foot activity. Um, and some pain, even some women even get pain with walking from it. I mean, some women get pain, like putting their pants on with it. So um, that, that's, that's tough if you're trying to be more active. Um, but I think this is the most common complaint that people have in terms of trying to run throughout their pregnancy. So someone, so someone women can't run. And, and what I recommend is doing something that isn't as intense from a weight bearing perspective, like switching over to the elliptical or the strider or the bike. Um, and that can be helpful in terms of you're still getting your heart rate up. You're still getting that cardiovascular workout, um, but you're not getting that, um, that strain on your, on your pubic bone. Um, and then I, I would say, again, in terms of running more than anything, there can be a lot of just pressure and discomfort that isn't necessarily harmful or injury, but is just uncomfortable um, and doesn't make those exercises enjoyable. And so that's when doing a less weight bearing activity like swimming or biking or, or on the strider can be can be helpful. Absolutely. Actually, that's another thing Gwen mentioned when uh, she was talking about some of her limitations was she couldn't do flip turns. And it's exactly what you're discussing. It was that pelvic mm. ligament. She would get really bad pelvic pain when she tried to do flip turns while pregnant. So she couldn't, huh. couldn't do them. <laughs> Interesting. I would say on a personal note, I had... I. I I had envisioned myself running my whole pregnancy. I've had lots of patients who've been able to run my whole pregnancy and that and their pregnancy and that was my and then about 25 weeks I went for one run and I couldn't even walk afterwards. I was in so much pain and it got better. I used K tape and did PT and and swimming felt great and flip turns didn't hurt at all. Uh, but it was just that one-legged. So it's really, and this goes to show, it's it's really dependent. I mean, everybody has a different experience. And I would also say each pregnancy is different. And you probably noticed that as well, Amy. I mean, the things that your body that feels good in one pregnancy are not necessarily the things that you're able to do um, with a second pregnancy. 
No, absolutely. It's it's interesting you say that because like my mother was a really competitive horseback rider and swimming was, she's four kids and swimming was her favorite activity for pregnancy. She never swam. I mean, she didn't say never, but like she did not swim nearly as much when she wasn't pregnant, but she found that it just felt good. Um, mm-hmm. And so where running was incredibly painful um, as you're describing. Um, and as you said, there's some people that don't have any pain. And you see these women who run marathons like eight months mm-hmm. pregnant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, as you said, even for myself, you know, one pregnancy, I could bike all the way up. I think there's a picture of me on like a stationary bike, not outside, uh, the day before I delivered my first kid. Um, second kid, I had to switch to an elliptical, like uh, maybe mm-hmm. seven months pregnant, seven or eight months pregnant, something like that. Um, just couldn't I the way the baby was sitting and the way things were I just couldn't I just couldn't bike that late um and yeah and I know other women who there's pictures of them out on their mountain bikes super super pregnant I mean not doing anything crazy but just like you know endurance trails whatever trying to stay in shape um that's a really great point it's just because you have pain with one pregnancy doesn't mean you're necessarily going to have the same pain with another and vice versa um and to not get discouraged uh you know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of different exercises on the planet and so Mm -hmm. if you know if you're curious if you need help like reach out to someone in that space or you can ask your doctor because they may if they're dr huffstetler they have a lot of different suggestions for you Um, (laughs) the other ways that you can work out and stay in shape um and uh, you know you'll be able to get back to the to the same exercise hopefully after and so just don't get discouraged and Amy, just one other thing about that is is reaching out to a physical therapist too. And I felt like it was super helpful for me. I mean, I couldn't run, but just in terms of like activities of daily living, giving help in terms of using K-tape to tape up your belly or exercises. Maybe it, it um, pregnancy brings out weaknesses in your core or your back or other places that you didn't even know you had. And so, um, you know, reaching out to other people too to, to um, get those strengthening exercises that you can do while you're pregnant to, to keep you active. That's a great point. And actually, Gwen brought up that point too is postpartum. She used a pelvic floor PT um, and swore by it. And um, I think if there's any healthcare practitioners listening to this podcast right now, um, to know that referring your patient to a physical therapist can really can really help alleviate some of their issues. So if you're looking for mm-hmm. someone to help guide you, um, finding a physical therapist, particularly one that works with women, uh, pregnancy and postpartum, um, can really help your really help your patients uh, stay in shape. Or if there's a coach out there, uh, you know, help your athletes by by establishing a relationship with a PT who works works with this population. That's a great suggestion. Thank you. Um, the next question I have for you, I know we we have touched base on this a little bit, and there, you'd explained to me that there wasn't a ton of research out there, but there's some. Uh, so I work with with Peloton, the company, and one of the instructors, Matt Wilpers, expressed that some of his athletes were getting really frustrated because they were having early leg fatigue while pregnant. And do you have you come across anything that about maybe early lactate buildup or fatigue that um, would help explain why some women have a harder time getting the same workout uh, while pregnant? This, I thought this was such a good question. And I did some some research. I did a little PubMed review about it. And I couldn't find anything that looked at lactate specifically. And this comes back to 
we need to do more studies in pregnant women. So Amy, maybe this is this is your next study right here. Um, but I thought something that I thought was really interesting is they looked at glucose levels in pregnancy versus non-pregnancy with exercise. And in pregnancy levels, um, after exercise, glucose levels decreased more rapidly and to a lower level than they did post um Pre, they did non-pregnant um, when they were post-exercise. And so I thought that was really interesting that maybe your glucose consumption is higher. I mean, we, we know that during pregnancy um, and maybe that's, there's just not the glucose available in terms of firing those muscles during pregnancy that you had. Um, my other theory, and this is, this is my own theory, there's no data <laughs> on this, but you're, during pregnancy, you are literally perfusing an entire other organ. So the placenta and the fetus. And that takes, you know, blood flow, that takes oxygen levels that may not be going to your legs. And so you may just not have that, that oxygen and glucose level going to your that, that you did pre-pregnancy. Um, but I just, I thought that was so interesting and in looking, but looking specifically at lactate, I think would be, um, would be fascinating. That's it. That's, thank you so much for that response. And for our audience who aren't familiar with metabolism, so glucose is an energy substrate. It's basically a carbohydrate that you break down in your muscle. And what happens is when you're exercising, you break down a little bit of glucose and you break down, use oxygen to break down fat. And so when you don't have as much glucose, then what may happen is your body may transition to breaking down lactate, which is a byproduct of metabolism when you're exercising. And it's that burn that you feel in your legs. And so what may happen, as Dr. Hubstetler is discussing, is if you don't have as much glucose available because it's going to the baby, uh, then you may have to rely more on lactate. And it doesn't mean you can't do the exercise, but it just means that you may have a little higher heart rate response. Um, and you also may feel fatigue a little bit sooner. So I think that's a great hypothesis that people can maybe explore to how metabolism changes during pregnancy. Um, this is actually a, a question I didn't, I hadn't discussed with you earlier, but for someone who is struggling with uh, diabetes with pregnancy, um, how does that glucose play a role for them when they're trying to exercise? Yeah, it's so I, I think that some women in terms of when they have diabetes, um, I mean, exercise is, is very, very important. And what happens with gestational diabetes is that you hold on to more glucose. Um, your body does too good a job. There's this hormone called HPL or human placental lactogen. And during pregnancy, you want a little bit more glucose coursing through your body to, to nourish the baby. But in gestational diabetes, you almost do too good a job of that. And so there's too much glucose coursing through your body and you wanna bring those glucose levels down. So exercise is the most effective way to do this. Um, you exercise, you bring those glucose levels down as we, we just discussed, and you get to a normal level of, of glucose in your body. And I have had women tell me, so. So usually when um, folks are diagnosed with gestational diabetes, they start blood sugars a couple of times a day. And so they usually do it fasting, right? When they wake up in the morning and then after they eat a meal, either one or two hours after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
And I have had women say that they are just fascinated by what their body does, where they can eat dinner. And if they sit on the couch, their glucose levels are high. But if they go for a 20 minute walk or even clean the house or get up and put away the dishes or wrangle their kid to bed, that their glucose levels are lower. And it really shows the effect that exercise has on glucose levels. I mean, in general, and definitely during pregnancy. And so a lot of women who have had gestational diabetes and notice how their glucose levels come down if they take a walk after dinner, start doing that after pregnancy as well. Um, and this is a good habit for all of us. My friend actually calls the walk after dinner her diabetes walk. And it's really, really <laughs> true. I mean, you get up and you move your body um, and you start metabolizing it and it decreases your glucose levels. And so this is something we should all do after we eat, honestly, to regulate our glucose. Um, usually women with gestational diabetes, it's different than um, non-pregnancy, you know, type one diabetes, we're, we're not worried with gestational diabetes of, about your blood sugars going too low. It's that your body is doing too good of a job of keeping those sugars high. Um, so we don't worry about that or, or worry about over-exercising. That being said, if women, any woman, woman who's pregnant, if you're feeling lightheaded or dizzy, that could be a sign that your glucose levels are a little bit low. And, um, and I always recommend having a snack um, or something, some almonds, something with a little fat and some carbohydrates to eat um, to bring those glucose levels back up. That's great advice. And yeah, I think you know, we're discussing a lot about athletes, but there's you know, the majority of the population is not a professional athlete mm-hmm. or competitive athlete as an adult. The majority are probably women who exercise some maybe before they were pregnant, um, but maybe even haven't exercised in a lot of years. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes have gained excessive weight with their pregnancy because they're busy with work or they're doing other things with life. Do you have any advice for those women who are being told by their doctor, hey, you got to get your weight down and you know, maybe are being encouraged to exercise and haven't for a really long time? Yeah, this is, this is such a good question because this is what I see every single day. And some women, um, it's, it's, you know, their provider and, and, and the pregnant women having a discussion about it. And some women come into their pregnancy saying, I'm not as healthy and as fit as I want to be. And I haven't exercised in a long time, but I'm worried about starting to exercise while pregnant. And is that going to hurt, hurt the baby? There's sort of this other, I hear this a lot that people come in and say, Oh, I've been told I can continue doing whatever I've been doing pre-pregnancy pregnant. And so they worry if they haven't been doing much exercise pre-pregnancy, what they can do. Um, And I say exercise doesn't have to be anything crazy in pregnancy. I mean, it's going for a 30 minute risk to getting your heart rate up. I mean, that is effective in terms of reducing your risks of diabetes, reducing your risks in terms of excessive weight gain. Um, the, The other part of it is that that both being pregnant and then also labor is a really intense physical experience. And it, it, it takes, um, you know, it takes a lot of effort to push a baby out. Um, and so being in good shape for that is really important. Um, and like I said, this doesn't have to mean you're, you're running an hour a day, just going out, getting 30 minutes of activity with a brisk walk, getting your heart rate up, I, I think is really good. I also think in terms of just labor and delivery, I think, and pregnancy itself, I think yoga is wonderful in terms of like stretching and strengthening. And that's something that most women feel good doing during pregnancy. Um, it's also, I mean, if you're doing some intense yoga, you can get your heart rate up doing that. And it's good in terms of 
balance and and stretching those ligaments and strengthening the ligaments as well so so that's those are my usual recommendations for women and then if they're feeling good and saying oh yeah i'm doing 30 minutes of walking a day i feel like maybe i could go lift some light weights or i could get on the elliptical and get my heart rate up a little bit higher than by all means i don't think there's um i don't think there's a risk in terms of increasing your activity while you're pregnant if, if you're feeling good doing it Absolutely. It's so funny you mentioned this because I remember being in the gym very, very pregnant and people saying to me, are you sure you should be exercising that vigorously? Like, you know, you're so pregnant. And I look at them, I'm like, do you think labor is going to be easier? Like, do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I got news for you. I've seen my heart rate when I deliver. It's higher than what I did today, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And especially you, some women have really hard deliveries and I... I've heard not just you, but other doctors mention about how when they know their patient is in really good shape, they're willing to let them go a little longer with that delivery before moving to a C-section, before worrying about mm-hmm. fatigue. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think for for every woman, you should think of delivery as a, a kind of a sporting event, like something you, you kind of need to train for and stay in shape for. And you know, I'm not the obstetrician here, so I definitely defer to you, but it seems to me very rational for women to to want to get in shape for delivery um and the it's a i think an old-fashioned notion that pregnant women have to be coddled and can't do anything and need to you know mm-hmm. stay off their feet all the time no of course there are definitely as we know patients who are instructed to stay in bed and you know that's different that's not what we're talking about right mm-hmm. now um but for women who have a healthy pregnancy and you know no no activity restrictions um that it's probably actually going to make delivery even harder if you stay super inactive that it's good for your body to stay active and stay in shape um so. i completely agree so if you see a pregnant lady in the gym, give her a pat on the well, <laughs> don't give her a pat on the back, but give her a round of applause and don't tell her what are you doing? Because we actually want them doing that. Um, we've talked a lot about exercising while pregnant, and I know we're running a little bit long, so I want to move on to postpartum because I think this is a topic that is often uh, under-discussed and is super important. You've given birth to this baby and you want to get back in shape or maybe you need to get back in shape because again, you've gained weight with, with your pregnancy and you, you want to start losing it. Uh, and you don't want to wait, you know, two years like a lot of people do before you start trying to lose your pregnancy. Um, so, you know, I think there's a, a bunch of different uh, exercises that we can go and there's timing that's discussed and I know the general uh, guidelines are to wait six to eight weeks before exercising um but is that six to eight weeks before any exercise or six to eight weeks before certain exercise can you give us any insight to kind of what women can expect postpartum yeah so I tell almost all of my women um my postpartum women to start walking as soon as they leave the hospital whether they've had a c-section or a vaginal birth um, I think getting up and walking around uh, it is, is really good. I mean, it decreases the risk of getting a blood clot. Um, I think it's really good for everybody's mental health to get out of the house every day um, and to see some sunlight. Um, and for most women right at the beginning, this isn't um, you know a, a really brisk walk. This doesn't mean pushing the stroller or going holes, um, but that's something that you work up to. So you start with with going outside and depending on how folks are feeling, you know, it may just be 
down the driveway and back and it may be slow and it may be with someone there in case you're feeling a little unsteady um, but you're you're working up to taking a brisk walk to pushing that stroller to going up hills um, and you can do that all within that six to eight week time period um, I think the the biggest issue is that um, women can have increased bleeding um, if they're overdoing it postpartum that's I think uh, when people say, oh yeah, I went for a three miles yesterday and then I started bleeding more. And so that's something that I'm, I'm concerned about. And that's it for everybody, everybody's body that's different. And so sort of monitoring, okay, if, if you're going too hard, monitoring that and making sure you're not overdoing it. Um, and, um, and then also you don't want to, if you have any stitches, obviously you don't want to disrupt those. So I, you know, I think that that waiting six to eight weeks to start running is prudent. But I think before then, if you're feeling like some light weights, some core activity, I think that's all super reasonable. Um, talking about pelvic PT earlier, I recommend pelvic PT to many of my patients. Um, in France, someone told me that in France, everyone at two weeks postpartum is, is referred to a pelvic physical therapist, which makes sense. The French just like take care of themselves in a way that we don't perhaps. Um, but I think that that can be really helpful. And what I would say is um, in my experience with pelvic PTs, they are definitely more conservative than I am in terms of um, recommending going back to, to exercise. And, you know, they want to do the strengthening, the core work, the pelvic floor work first before they recommend starting back to running. And the, and the concern with that, are, could it be a prolapse or could, could you know, your pelvic floor sort of fall a little bit? Um, so I think that, that I would defer to them, but I would say um, on a personal level, I, I started running, it, it may have been a couple of days before six weeks, um, but I felt good and my pelvis felt good. And it was really, I mean, uh, calling it running is, is probably an overstatement, but um, sort of a hobble, walk, run. Um, <laughs> and then I think the other thing I would say about that is just risk of injury. So there still is relaxing in your system. Um, and so you're still at risk of having those injuries. And especially as you're, you know, during, like I said, during pregnancy and delivery, your pelvis does open. And so it, it's not as stable as it was even during pregnancy. Um, and so making sure that, that your core is strong and your pelvic floor is strong. The great news is that right now after COVID, there is so much stuff um, online and, and stuff that you can do remotely now um, that women can, can start doing, you know, core and pelvic floor work at home, um, you know, if they wanted, if they couldn't get in with a pelvic physical therapist. Yeah, I, that's a great point that with COVID going to the gym, maybe uh, maybe not be as as frequent as you used to, um, depending on where you live and kind of what your numbers are and so the numbers of COVID outbreak in your area. Um, but yeah, there's there's tons of stuff online. And so people, mm -hmm. um, I can even maybe post for, for people various applications or fitness programs that they can look for. So I will look into that and I can um, post it maybe on Facebook if you guys look for me on Facebook, Dr. Amy Lee. And um, I guess I have to I have to start forming a, a second page and be a blog post for for giving it <laughs> to so that they can find resources. Um, but yeah, you can explore explore those resources. Um, and it's tough, you know, if you give birth to a baby in the summer, I think your activity is going to be different than if you give birth to a baby in the winter. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, if you're giving birth to a winter baby, you're probably not going to go for as many walks because of ice and snow and all that stuff. 
um, mm-hmm. versus summer, baby, spring, fall, then you can probably get out a little bit easier. Um, but that's good to know that it's it's not, you don't get to do anything for six to eight weeks. If you're feeling good and if you're not getting bleeding and if you're not feeling pain, um, start gradually working in exercise. And that six to eight weeks mm-hmm. is more to give your body proper healing time. And then mm-hmm. certainly with the pelvic floor, if you know you have any concerns about that, working with the physical therapist and following mm-hmm. their directions. Um, yeah, and I know for myself, I went back to the gym probably way too early and I would, you know, start bleeding and be like, oh, that was too much today. Back it down. Yeah. Um, but I was going, I was gave birth to a baby in January and I was going stir crazy in the apartment. So I needed to, <laughs> to get out and get to that gym. Um, well, the other part of that, Aim, is, is the mental health component of it. And I think like people who get out i mean there's great documentation in terms of exercise um, and dopamine production that it's really good in terms of our mental health and especially in the postpartum period where um, maybe you feel a little isolated you had this huge change in terms of your body and your hormones and you're sleep deprived um you know i personally felt like exercise was one thing that i could do for myself that felt like my old self that got me out of the house i mean i looked forward every day to getting out of the house and putting my baby in the stroller or in the ergo and going for a hike um it just it was important for me physically but also definitely mentally um and we know the effects of vitamin d as well like getting out in the sunshine is really important on mental health as well and i think that's what you're alluding to in terms of going stir crazy right yeah absolutely that um the especially with baby number one, the change in lifestyle was was big for me. I kind of felt like I didn't know what to do with myself um, in maternity leave, which is probably a great thing to have. But for baby number two, I had much less <laughs> issue with it. Um, yeah, the the need to get out and like I said, feel like yourself again and feel like your, your body is still yours. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think we could do a whole talk on, on mental health and pregnancy, I'm sure and get someone in who's, who's an expert on that. But it's it's so important for women to, to start feeling like you and um, to not just feel like you are a, a food machine for this other mm-hmm. human being. <laughs> Which a lot of, I've had a lot of friends talk about feeling like they were, you know, like a cow being milked, whether like pumping and, you know, you gotta lose your identity a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, exercise is a great way to remember that you're still a person and not just a food machine and that your baby needs you happy. Um, and not that mm-hmm. it should be forced happiness, but that doing things that can help increase your happiness, as you said, are super, super important. And mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of women, especially if you had a certain figure before you got pregnant, also starting to see your figure come back makes you feel like yourself again, too. And so, mm-hmm. again, like exercising, not excessively, but starting to move, starting to feel like you're you're getting some muscle tone back. That you're, you know, you can start mm-hmm. to see changes in your figure again. Um, it helps you feel good. It helps you not feel like you mm-hmm. lost yourself in this process of becoming a mom. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's a it's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but it's also it's a big change. totally totally women should know that they they're not alone if they're feeling that way i think there's probably Mm -hmm. that's the normal um i had one more question about about cardiovascular fitness but we're starting to run a little bit long so i'm going to keep it really short for you um but basically in short 
you do all this work, you push out a baby, you grow another human being, uh, you start your exercise up again. And are there any, is there any evidence of women who did exercise during the pregnancy seeing even greater cardiovascular gains? And I won't go into the science as much, but just generally speaking, have you come across that at all? Yeah, there was this really neat study that showed there was an increase in left ventricular volumes and cardiac output and decrease in resistance and that these changes during pregnancy and then postpartum, these changes gradually returned to baseline, but were still different than pre-pregnancy values um, after a year. So I thought that was so fascinating that, that, right, these exercise in pregnancy does make a difference and does have implications a year later. I found another, another study that showed that there was a small but increased VO2 mass after pregnancy that continued a year postpartum. Um, and this is VO2 max. I mean, Amy, you're the specialist of this, but I thought this was something you couldn't change, right? Like your VO2 max is your VO2 max? Well, it's, or is it's that a genetic ceiling to it, but cardiac output is what is in most people what dictates their, their VO2 max. And so, or what helps huh. to, I shouldn't say what dictates it, but is a large component of your VO2 max. And actually this is a great lead in. I'm going to, my next talk is all about what the heck is VO2 max. And so for those who have no idea what we're talking about, look for my next podcast because I'm going to go into what is VO2 max, what is it made out of, and how do we calculate it, and how do you change it, um, and why does it matter. Um, but for our discussion for today, the um, a huge component of what increases, so VO2 max briefly is the amount of oxygen that your, your muscle can take up during exercise. And the reason why we care is because the more oxygen it can take up is a sign of basically stronger muscles and from an endurance perspective and that you can go longer. So basically fitness. And what's really interesting, so I exercised all through my first pregnancy and then I went back to bike racing maybe nine weeks postpartum, which was aggressive. I don't necessarily think everyone should take that route, Um, but I did it and I won my first race and people were talking to me, they were calling me a baby doper, which is actually a really negative thing. And and that's no, never say that to a woman who just had a baby, by the way, calling her a baby doper. Um, It's something that is a whole nother topic that was done in uh, other countries to, to give women fitness gains and you can Google it, but having a baby and then exercising is not baby doping people. Um, but anyways, good thing is, so I did wonder that I'm like, here, I haven't been able to do high level physical activity for months because it just was too hard that pregnant. And, you know, I stayed active, but I wasn't doing like intense interval training, you know? And I came back and I raced and I, and it hurt, don't get me wrong, but I still had a level of fitness I didn't expect to have. Um, and so it did make me wonder. So I did start exploring this topic a little bit. And thank you so much for presenting the research. But basically, uh, that is fascinating. And for any athlete who's scared of losing your edge and losing your fitness with your pregnancy, to know that actually, if you keep exercising through that pregnancy and you exercise after, your left ventricle is even stronger. And you might actually see greater gains post-pregnancy than you did pre-pregnancy, um, just from the experience. So I think on that note, we're going to say, please use that as motivation for women. You know, don't be discouraged. Don't be scared. 
you're going to get your body back and you actually may even come out stronger on the other side and faster. Um, again, it's going to take hard work. It's not going to happen magically. And if you don't work, everything will go back to probably what it was before. But if you do work, you may get Mother Nature is going to give you a little extra treat for your hard work by being even stronger. Um, and just to kind of summarize the topics we talked about today, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this because you're curious for a loved one or you're going to share this with someone that you know, um, the, the big gains are keep exercising while pregnant. It can help with your, with your body's health and fitness. It's not dangerous. You can do what you did before, and even if you weren't exercising, you can do more than what you did before. Uh, just follow the, you know, the feelings of your body, any pain, any, uh, any indication that your body's not liking it, listen to it, don't ignore it. And postpartum, go out, work out, you know, give it time, excess bleeding, pain, you need to listen to. But if your body's feeling good, you can get right back to exercise and you may be even stronger than what you were before. Thank you so much, Dr. Hofstetler, for your time, for your advice. I know there's lots of women out there that really appreciate this. And uh, I hope that we will be hearing from you again in the future. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Have a good day.